The best of Easter begins with a full honey bake spread. Mm. It's the thing that brings flavor to all the fun and festivities. Ooh. The bites that make all your guests grateful that Easter's here a little early this year. Enjoy the sweet and crunchy glaze of Honey Bake's bone-in half ham, mouth-watering sides, and desserts. Mm. And make this year's Easter the best-tasting one yet. Cheers. Every bite is a celebration with the Honey Baked Ham Company. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wayne, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. John's gone. <laughs> John's John's taking a giant dumpy? Yeah, I think so. That's uh, okay. Well, greetings, greetings. <laughs> oh, John, you're back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes... Uh, the Palmer gets distracted with things like uh, you know, cheese steaks and uh, that's probably uh, where he went. Cream cheese. I want to go get a cheese steak. Frank's pulled noodle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. Luckily, I have my good friend uh, Kenny Anthony from uh, Device Brewing here in Sacramento. Hey, how's it going, Jamil? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're having some beers. Um, I'm back. Device. Oh, <laughs> greetings, 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 greetings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> greetings, greetings. <laughs> I, I had to go get some lemonade. Is that what you're calling it now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, John? Um, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, You went to uh, uh, CBC, right? Yes, the Craft Brewers Conference of 2018. (laughs) Yes. John Brewers Association. And did you see our good friend uh, John Blickman there? A lot of people text me from CBC. They're like, where are you? Are you here? I don't see you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's so many people. Where are you? I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm not there. Uh, and one of them was John, our good friend John Blickman. He was like, yeah, hey, I hey, hung hey. out with John quite a bit, and uh, we had some famous Nashville hot chicken. Yes. Uh, we had I, I took pictures of him, like the the opposite of the Memphis cold chicken. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, he I also got pictures of him doing the funky chicken dance with Brad Ring um, <laughs> and uh, other friends there. Mm-hmm. We were over at Yazoo Brewery. Um, great brewery there in, in nashville um a lot of good breweries around there in nashville yeah good conference overall there you go well yeah it's um it's a wonderful thing to attend i think uh you know when you're uh successful busy uh, business owners brewery owners like ken and i <laughs> we, you really can't be bothered to attend because uh, we're busy with uh you know What's the lease on the new uh, Ferrari going to cost me? And, uh, you know, the private jet really doesn't have the appropriate leather that I would like. The leather's a little too raw. The stitching is all wrong. 
Yeah. I asked for 32 stitches per inch. This is 30 stitches per inch or less. Uh, really not acceptable on my private jet. Well, that's what you get for buying Chinese, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying the Chinese can't count? Is that what you just insinuated, John? <laughs> my God. No, no. What no. a racist there's, statement. There's simply faster, better, and cheaper. <laughs> that's that's my whole motto on sex. <laughs> Quality shows, you guys. Quality oh, content. Okay, going back to going back to CBC. Uh-huh. Now, it's a it's a very fine conference. Um, <laughs> I always encourage uh, new brewers, new new brewery owners to attend CBC because mm-hmm. that is the one place here in this in the states anyway mm-hmm. where you can really see. Um, multiple systems, you know, Premier, uh, Deutsch, Krohn's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just all kinds of manufacturers mm-hmm. of equipment, brewery plants, boilers, packaging equipment, sure. you know, labeling equipment, everything mm-hmm. is there on the trade show floor. Right. Yeah. And that can be very, that can be very helpful, you know, when you really don't know the lay of the land. I would agree, but I would also encourage people to, um, you know, seek out their local breweries and ask them what they're using and how happy they are with them. Of um, course, it's you know, I th- like buying a car. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. Uh, well, and uh, our, our good friend uh, John Blickman, uh, he was there. I'm sure he was yep. having a wonderful time, and uh, he yep. was probably the life of the party, as as he is a want to do. Um, yeah, always good for that. And, and just a brilliant guy. I, I'm sure he's looking at everything that uh, professional brewers are doing, and like, you know, I could innovate this, and I could actually make this better. And yeah. well, uh, not, he sells a lot of um, you know one, three, and five barrel systems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to as pilot plants, and also is you know to brew pubs. Right. Um, he, he's got he's got his Blickman Pro series that uh, a lot of people are very are very intrigued with. And he's, uh, I know he sold a lot of them. There so, you go. Well, and yeah. you can check them all out at uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. And uh, I would highly suggest you give a, uh email to uh, Blickman at feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com and uh, tell him how much you appreciate that he pays for the show so you don't have to. Um, it's one of the reasons that John and I are on the air is because uh, our good friend John Blickman is actually paying for all the, not that John and I get paid, but the uh, the, the surrounding staff and equipment and all that stuff that makes it makes this happen in such a professional way um, is paid for by our good friend John Blickman so uh, check him out um, I really do believe in you know the products that they produce and their customer service and all that so uh, that's why I can highly recommend working with them um, today we thought that we would uh, do some Q and A, some some questions. One of the one of the things I noticed was uh, I don't think we ever talked about uh, chillers too much. Right. Yeah. Um, very vital piece of equipment, certainly. That's right. Um, there are uh, uh, you know numerous uh, pieces of equipment for chilling, and uh, you know the counterflow chiller, the uh, the immersion coil, uh, the wait and see method. Um, all of them, uh, <laughs> all of them high quality. Uh, um, so uh, the funnel full of ice, the funnel full of ice, the, uh, <laughs> cast it into the air and and hope. Uh, we have all of those uh, coming up for you real soon. All right, why don't we do this? Let's take a short break, and when we come back, uh, poor Steve will be paying more attention to the papers I gave him instead of his phone. I'm just saying. <laughs> that and you're burping all the time. I mean, really. Yeah. Just, just, just a problem. I've gotten such a bad <laughs> Rap for men. When, when you see him at, at the homebrewers conference, make sure you chastise him for all his burping mm-hmm. in the microphone. Yes. It's really a problem. 
Yeah. All right. We'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All-Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewer's edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star Sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys brew strong all right we're back I want to tell you about our good friends at Great Fermentations. They're out there in Indianapolis, but they cover the entire world with the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web and the staff most well-trained in Blickman gear. So if you have a question about Blickman products, those are the people. They offer top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on many items. You can check them out at greatfermentations.com. And be sure to like them on Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter as GR8 Fermentation. Uh, good people there. I've been there. John's been there. Um, I've ordered stuff from him. I just recently ordered stuff for him for, for our distillery at uh, greatfermentations.com. That's where I went and shopped. So you should, too. Check him out uh, today. All right. Uh, what's our first question there? Pornographic dildo, Stephen. This is a question about how fast we should chill our homebrew. Uh, I've read many places that after the boil, it is advantageous to chill your beer quickly. Better cold break, thus clearer beer, less chance of chill haze, and stopping the production of SMM are three of the benefits I've read about. However, how can I reconcile the advice to chill quickly with whirlpooling? When most folks whirlpool, they purposely let the wort sit hot for 30 minutes or longer before chilling via single pass through a plate chiller or CFC. Which is the greater benefit, chilling quickly or whirlpooling? I would go with chilling quickly. What do you think, John? Ken? <clears throat> yes, that's a good question. A little, couple of nuances to the answer, certainly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I well, cooling quickly, you, I would say you're doing that to, A, prevent infection. Mm-hmm. Um, Critical. Yeah. I think if you've done your boil correctly... You mitigate the uh, SMM DMS sure. Sure. aspect. Sure. And uh, then whirlpooling depends on the style of beer. What mm. do you think, Ken? Yeah, um, we we whirlpool everything. I mean, it just helps get even if there's no you know real hop load to worry about. I mean, there's always some, but you know, just we we, we find whirlpooling everything makes makes sense for us. We we get a clearer knockout. Um, you know, we get ultimately clearer beer in the finished product. We we do some interesting things though. If I can jump in on here, mm-hmm. we we've been doing something with our uh, with our hazy beers that um, we we hadn't done previously. Uh, trade secrets coming. What we do is we actually will run our whirlpool outlet through the heat exchanger back into the inlet Mm -hmm. and we will chill we will chill the post boil wort down to about 175 degrees 180 degrees Mm -hmm. and then we'll obviously stop chilling it and just Mm -hmm. keep it spinning and then add your dry and then add the the whirlpool hops so we can blow 180 Mm -hmm. get a below 180 stop that isomerization Mm -hmm. and we found a, a really really um it's really a lot easier to control the, the bitterness on those styles of beers that way with that huge load that goes in there. Mm-hmm. Pause for a chuckle. Huge load. He said yeah. huge and then, uh, and then we yeah, then we knock it out as usual. But it, right. we found it actually works really well. Our friends over at Coralitos Brewing in uh, outside of Watsonville, California, GABF gold medal winners, mm. they uh, they turned us on to that process. Mm. And we've sort of changed it a little bit here and there. But, uh, you know, thanks to those guys. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things about the Whirlpool is that, and, and I've said this forever, is Whirlpool is just like boiling the hops. There's no difference. As long as the, it's hot enough, it is isomerization is happening and uh, you know you're getting more bitterness so you need and you're driving off some of the volatiles you're converting some of those things so you know chilling quickly um, you know it's probably and, and you know for and for most home brewers that are um, you know whirlpooling in their kettles their kettles are too tall and thin uh, to really get a great whirlpool um, our our whirlpool at Heretic is two point eight to one or something. It's it's really wide and low, and so we get a, a good cone in the middle, and we're able to draw off clear wort. Um, and so, m- most kettles just aren't designed that way. So you said thin, but you probably meant narrow. Uh, yes, thin and tall, narrow, okay, narrow, yeah. okay. um, uh, a greater height than than uh, width ratio. Diameter. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what you want is a really wide and low height. Um, you want you you want your your work to be spread out, and then when you whirlpool, it really does have more of an effect. So you don't want to be your 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 
kettle at home should be three times as wide as it is high. Who has a kettle at home that those dimensions? You don't. Yeah. Right? right. Um, so whirlpooling on the homebrew scale generally doesn't mean anything. The only time it, it means something is if you're trying to chill down your wort, you can chill down your wort much more rapidly if you stir what's in the kettle. Uh, so whirlpool chilling, um, that works really well. But the whole point is to get your chilling quickly. Right? Yep. Yeah. Well, and going back to one uh, question you had, um, the speed, the rate, the chilling rate doesn't seem to have a, is a huge effect on the amount of uh, cold break and chill haze. Um, as long as you get, you know, down to a low temperature, um, you will get, you know, the vast majority of cold break formed. So, um, chill, so in other words, chilling rate isn't as critical um, as, as long as you are uh, getting down below the uh, that 140 degrees Fahrenheit uh, number um, for sanitization. Right, but that's that's the 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 the, the risky area. Yes. When you get yeah, down in that lower area, uh, yeah. between there and pitching, that's where you really yeah. need to. So, knocking down from 212 to, you know, 160, uh, that's great. Uh, you know, may help with uh, hop utilization, things like that, uh, stopping it. But when you, it really gets critical is the harder part for people to chill, which is, you know, the 140 to pitching temperature. Yeah, that's where yeah. the bacteria really becomes an issue, and and all that. Yeah, we could talk about this for an hour, you. couldn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, well, and I want to tell you about my good friends at uh, <coughs> um, uh, More Beer. They have a More Beer Pro uh, website now, which. If you're a professional brewer like Ken and I, um, they have great deals, uh, wholesale pricing on things you need for your brewery. They're offering bulk wholesale price on malt, hops, yeast, uh, fermenters, brights, uh, 4,000 other products at wholesale pricing. If you have a brewery, you should go to morebeerpro.com, set up an account. You're going to save some money. Ken and I have done it. Uh, and yeah, it it pays off. So check them out, warbeerpro.com today. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we will have another of your questions right after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. 
To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Um, oh, sorry, I went too long. Uh, Father's Day is on June 18th this year, and you are probably brewing for or on that day, so why not take your dad's celebrations a bit further with Grog Tag? We have dozens of customizable templates that you can upload your own photos to and really get after the essence of what makes a dad. How about some crisp new balance sneakers with some white crew socks in front of a hot charcoal grill and some some text add some text and you have an instant hit on your hands so check out grogtag.com today and use code bnarmy save 10 percent on your next order that's grogtag.com so you know am i making fun of jason petros when i uh, think uh, he wrote this jason post just wrote that yeah yeah dude needs to like uh a couple of passes, a, a few extra revisions, right? Right, right. Well, right that's the second show in a row that I thought you were introducing Adam and Eve, and then it's like, oh, it's Grog Tag. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, I would say this. All right. Let's, let's just get rid of the, the written copy and just let's, let's just talk a little bit. I would okay. say the, the, the folks at Grog Tag and the products that they produce, they've been around for a few years now, and oh, yeah. they have Six, because. Seven, because of what they produce, the the products that they produce, the the price they produce them at, and um, you know the range of products that they have, it's actually quite good. And um, you know if you're if you're interested in uh, you know labels for your for your beers or your wines, or your ciders, or your meads or whatever, or or you know uh, you know images on you know gifts and things like that, it's good folks to work with, and and you get that discount uh, using the BN Army. So check them out, uh, good folks. There you Rtang. go. That's it. See, that's a that's the kind of read I can do. I believe <laughs> it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what uh, what questions do we have next? This question is about the effects of sending chilled wort back into the boil kettle and its effects. I used a kegel as a boil kettle, and I have a counterflow chiller with a chugger pump. I want to inject oxygen in line as the wort goes into the fermenter but without using a pre-chiller to further cool my groundwater i can't quite reach proper or even better under proper pitching temperatures i have read through some forums and i've seen that some people will recirculate through their counter flow chiller back to the boil kettle until they reach proper temps my question is will introducing chilled wort back into 210 degree wort have any negative impacts 
to the wort. Heating, cooling, heating and cooling again. Seems like it can't be good. I, th- I thought this was an interesting question because, you know, you're you're attempting to to chill down your your wort, you know, rapidly. And the question is, if if you're taking that chilled wort and then essentially reheating it by mixing it in with you know hot wort, um, what's the impact? You know, uh, my my guess is minimal. I I don't think that it's really having a negative impact. Um, that would be my thought as well. Unless yeah. it's not unless like shocking anything. Oxygenating well, sounds, as you did. Yeah. Well, let's. I mean, let's look at the. <clears throat> Let's look at the the root problem. Is that this this brewer doesn't have the the chilling power they need, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the groundwater isn't cold enough. Yeah, so why not pick up a you know hundred dollar copper immersion chiller and you know run? I used to run work through the thicker immersion chillers. Mm-hmm. I actually put took those compression. I modified those compression fittings and put quick disconnects on them. Mm-hmm. And I actually ran the wort through the copper mm-hmm. instead of dipping the copper in the wort, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I just got a went to Smart and Final and got a red keg bucket, mm-hmm. uh, filled it with water, put a bunch of ice in it, made a big old ice bath, mm-hmm. and then dropped that that uh, right. that that chiller in there, and then you could run multiple chillers in line, and and just as long right. as you as long as you sanitize the whole loop ahead of time, right? So what he's asking though is, all right, so um, we can counterflow chill, we can get like something like a, a Blickman Therminator, and you know drop out cold wort into the fermenter, or there's an option to uh, go through an immersion chiller and return it. To the kettle and a whirlpool and chill at the same time in the kettle mm-hmm. and um, the question is are you damaging the wort by somehow returning it to the hot wort um, yeah I, I, I can't think of anything I mean you know it would be interesting maybe, maybe there's some study in there but I wouldn't think think that um, you're going to create any more haze or you're going to somehow re- release some staling compounds or something. I don't yeah. think that there's an issue there. The question I would have is how how cool is the wort getting in that kettle? Because once you right. get to a certain point, it's not pasteurizing itself anymore. Mm. Right? I mean, if he, right. if he keeps doing that and suddenly it's 140 degrees, mm-hmm. then that's the optimal temperature to then send it through his therminator Right, uh, he may be exposing himself to infection in that open top kettle at that temperature. I always close mine. I, I they always freak me out that people have their kettles open. That was, yeah, but I mean, if it's if it's two hundred and two degrees, it doesn't really matter. But well, I was always chilling. I, I would do the whirlpool chilling and you know knock it down to pitching temperature, and then and so the the the, the way I set it up was. The outlet that you would collect the word from, that was part of the loop to return it to the kettle. So it got pasteurized early on. You would recirculate boiling word, and then you'd start the chilling, and it would chill everything down to, to, to uh, pitching temperature. Then you would just disconnect it and run into your, your uh, fermenter. Well, there you go. So I don't think any of us think it's an issue... Well, what about? I mean, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm damaging I'm, the word. I'm, I'm thinking, why not? If so, it sounds to me like this brewer, if this brewer could get the wort cold enough, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to worry about this question, mm. right? Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's like, why don't we? Why don't we come up with an idea to say, hey, well, you know, well, they could get a therm- pre- they could get a therminator. Well, what I would and do and some ice water. And yeah, I guarantee. I think he's just he's just trying to be like. Like I'm, I'm doing this. Like I don't want to have to buy anything new. Yeah, like, but it's how, be what's much. the worst? Sure, oh no, sure. it shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could get you could get an immersion chiller, hook, get garden hose fittings adapted to that compression, mm-hmm. get an ice bath together, send your groundwater through the th- like the like bath. like yeah. half inch. Right. Don't don't do the thinnest immersion chiller. You find the thickest immersion chiller you can find. Mm-hmm. Run it through that pre-chill your water, then run it through your Therminator or whatever mm-hmm. counter counterflow mm-hmm. uh, chiller you've got, and then you've got basically cold liquor at that point. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. And try that. All right. Uh, next question. Let's knock out a quick one. All right. Uh, this is either a what the hell have I done or a why don't more people do this question. Pumping ice water through an immersion chiller is definitely nothing new. Occasionally, with really high temp differentials, brewers mention adding some salt to the ice water to lower the temp like ice cream makers do. But there are never any specifics. I have a friend who is a commercial fisherman who tipped me off to the science of brining. As a result, I've had a batch of 23% brine solution in my freezer that never actually freezes. It stays around... Uh, approximately 6 Fahrenheit. Especially for loggers, I generally chill down to the mid-80s with tap water, then switch over to the brine solution via submersible pump. With that much of a temperature differential, it takes almost no time to get to pitching temps. I'm currently using a whirlpooling copper immersion chiller, but have a thermator I'll be switching to soon. So finally, the questions. Is a saline solution of that high a concentration safe for copper and stainless? Number two, I know copper pipes freeze and crack in the winter, but don't know if that results from continued exposure or extreme temperature differences. Are those low sub-freezing temperatures safe for copper? Well, uh, uh, it's, it's, these are up John's uh, alley, but I will tell you right now that the the only problem with the copper and the freezing is that the water molecules expand and burst the copper that way. Mm-hmm. So... That that's yeah. not the issue. It would be uh, what our me- our in house metallurgist uh, John is going to talk about is you know, the effect of salts, uh, salt concentrations on stainless and copper. Right. 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 Yeah. That that's um, yeah. Copper copper doesn't rupture because it gets cold. Uh, it's because of the water freezing and expanding inside. Um, as as Jamil says, um, saline solution twenty three percent is uh, is quite high. Fifteen um, percent is typical seawater, and uh, copper fortunately can uh, accommodate saline solutions pretty readily. Um, stainless steel and mild steel can't. Um, they will be rapidly attacked by the chlorine. So. Yeah, um, the brine solution through a copper immersion chiller will work. Um, depending on the components in the pump, um, if you have a typical March pump with you know the plastic uh, housing and impeller, that'll work pretty well. Um, if you went to a chugger pump, um, that would handle it but you're you would need to disassemble and clean it and rinse it thoroughly after each use you don't want any saline sitting around inside stainless steel because um, it will attack it john could you flush with water rather than disassembly which sounds great until it's the end of your brew day yeah yeah uh, flushing with water would would take care of most of it but still um you know if you're there, there's two aspects that speed corrosion, um, temperature and mechanical action. And so in a, in, a, in a high flow, hot saline solution through stainless steel uh, equipment, you got both uh, accelerating corrosion. So, um, you know, occasional use, yeah, probably not a problem. Um, day in, day out use, I wouldn't recommend it. That's why they make. That's why they use antifreeze in engines instead of salt water. Um, if if you want something that doesn't freeze, uh, I would use antifreeze. What about just getting a little bit of glycol? Well, right, some propylene yeah. glycol, yeah. some food grade propylene glycol. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's even better. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that would um, work. Yeah, I, I applaud the, the you know the, the the cheap and easy brine, um, but there are some issues that go along with it. Oh, there you go. Good answer, John. All right. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, if you've been living under a rock, you probably don't know that our friends at White Labs have come out with a new mobile app. Uh, if you're a home brewer searching for your next strain or professional placing an order, the White Labs mobile app has something for everyone. Key features include an easy-to-navigate ordering system, custom culture calculator uh, that'll help you determine the, your proper pitch rate, uh, the homebrew store locator, up-to-the-minute inventory availability, and 
more. Download the new White Labs mobile app from iPhone for iPhone or Android by searching White Labs in the App Store or the Play Store today. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions right after this. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, their amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Speaking of disgusting, well, not disgusting, just intimate. Well, maybe your intimate is disgusting like porno Steve. Maybe that's your thing, you know? Yeah, disgusting, right. it's fine. The Texas crack wrangler himself speaks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, check out adamandeve.com. Uh, and here's the thing. A lot of times, you know, people offering you deals through, like, TV and the Internet and radio are offering you deals where they have some hidden fee to really kind of, like, screw you and really not give you anything. That's not the case with Adam and Eve. I'm here to tell you personally, use the offer code Jamel, my name, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. You're going to buy one item at half price. Not an overpriced item, any almost any item. You're going to pay half of that. They're going to give you everything else for free. That's all you're going to pay. You're going to get free shipping. You're going to get three free adult DVDs. You're going to get a free extra gift. All that stuff for using the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. It's a good deal. It's honest. It's forthright. You know, if you are afraid of uh, sexuality, well, then, you know, it may not be for you. If you enjoy uh, anything, uh, you know, of the intimate in nature, well, then it's definitely for you. Uh, And that's pretty much every human being except for, like, some freaky people. So, there you go. Check them out. AdamandEve.com today. All right. Uh, let's let's hammer through the rest of these questions we got about chiller. All right. Hey, guys. I've been thinking about building my own counterflow chiller for some time now. I have mm-hmm. one, but it was poorly built, and the efficiency sucks. I can't get it below 80 Fahrenheit. And I also want to build one for a friend for a wedding present. I was looking at the plans here. He um, gives, a URL. gives a link. Yeah. Yeah. I would it's like essentially to, a, a, a tube inside a tube with a piece of wire. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, I would like to change things up a bit and wanted to know what shortcomings, efficiency, etc. I might run across by doing so. I like the idea of the 16-gauge copper wire to break up water flow, although I'll take this guy's word for it on why it's important because clearly I don't know. But I want to use a quarter-inch copper tubing instead of the 3 eighths and 50 feet instead of 30 because that's what Lowe's has. This is a 33% reduction in diameter but a 60% increase in length and would provide more surface area. My question is how much will this affect the flow? I know it will take longer to cool a batch because of the smaller diameter, but is this really a concern for wort stability? Will they achieve better cooling than those who use 3 eighths inch? So you're going to get better cooling in a way. Um, you know, the smaller the diameter of the, the, the flow... It takes uh, a lot longer. Yeah. It's going to take longer to get through that pipe. You're going to have to press harder with a higher pressure pump. Mm-hmm. But you can get like 100 PSI pumps from China for cheap now. Um, uh, but the longer it's in contact with the liquid, the more successful the, the heat transfer from the coldest to the hottest. So towards the end of that tube, you know, if, if everything's perfectly successful and balanced, you're going to end up with wort coming out at the end at the same temperature as as tap water, and you're going to get uh, water coming out at the other end that is as hot as your wort was coming out of the kettle. So that's that's the the goal. So with an infinitely long uh, tube, it will always equal you know what's coming in what's going out you want that as short as possible so you can maximize the amount of flow so it's kind of balanced between between those two things mm-hmm. yeah um I, I think i think the quarter inch tubing is going to be more headache than it's worth um it will take a lot longer to get to get the wart through um you can pressurize that wort, though. Yeah, yeah, you can run through a pump and and get through. But um, you don't. You would you would need to buy a longer garden hose, and you would end up using more water per unit wort, um, and you you would end up wasting tap water. So unless unless you would live in a water rich area, um, I don't think you'd really want to do that. I would I would go with the three eighths. Um, the, mm. In the latest edition, I had a brew. In the fourth edition, I've updated <laughs> the 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 chillers uh, appendix appendix mm-hmm. D, and I give a table that discusses uh, flow rates and comparisons, mm-hmm. so you can see you know hose diameter to tubing diameter, uh, where where the best efficiency is. Um, You're going to have to walk me through this here, John, because, uh, you know, on the surface, I'm disagreeing because, all right, you're saying that the water in contact with the tubing for longer is going to somehow waste water? Yes. How, gonna, how is that? Because the you will, you will chill. He's talking about work. a much longer length. Yes. You're going to chill the work as chill as it can go the, uh-huh. the wort will exit at the tap water temperature uh-huh okay. right now if if it's and, not and exiting you, at the tap water temperature the, you're wasting water you said if, that if, the, if, the, if it's no hang on stop yeah yeah you said if the the, uh-huh. the with an infinitely long blah blah yes that the chilling water would be at your work temperature your initial work temperature mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it won't It'll be at some, it'll be at well, some warm your, temperature, right? Your 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 <laughs> exiting temperature will be at your tap water temperature your with an infinite yes. with an infinitely yes. long chiller. Yeah. You'll always be at the tap water temperature, right? Yes, right. Um, but you would reach that uh, at before. Before you know, there's going to be it, does, a it doesn't it doesn't change water. it doesn't change the amount of water though. Well, it it changes the amount of water that you've effect, effectively used to uh, to chill. You you the water will other, take up as much words, temperature as it achieve, can. You could achieve cool wort in thirty feet, but you've got a sixty foot chiller. Yeah, that the amount of water passing through is still the same. 
um, but it's not it's not actively chilling. But the same amount of water is passing through. The amount um, of water okay. passing through is yeah. based okay. on the diameter okay. of the pipe plus the, okay. the pressure. Yeah. So it's but it, okay. So yeah. Then in terms of the length of chiller and the amount of time it makes it no takes difference. to work through the chiller, right? You're, it may take you're time. wasting time. Yes. Yeah. Not, but not water. Okay. Very, very well. But anyway, I got I got plans and appendix to show you how to do that. No, 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 John. You are one of the most brilliant people I know. Um, but. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole chiller thing is very weird, and that's why we get these many this many questions on it. Yeah, um, yeah. and and I think you know it, it's a time thing versus a, um, but it, it it's more effective. The more time you're willing to take, but we were had one of those earlier questions is like, oh, how quick is it? Impor- how important is it for me to chill my work quickly? Right, right. So this kind of uh, relates to that question, which is, um, you, you know, it, yeah, it, yeah. if it's taking you a huge amount of time to push wort through this tiny quarter inch tubing, um, that may be counter to the desire to quickly chill the wort. Yeah, that's true. But there's there's a balance, and apparently you can find it in uh, how to brew edition four where uh john's got the optimum charts for uh tubing size versus length yes yeah yeah and he also mentioned uh soldering on a copper wire to the outside of his tubing Mm -hmm. to encourage turbulent flow right 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 and um you know good idea but in practice or in, in actuality, there's not going to be that big an effect because mm-hmm. the the coil randomly spaced, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. distance mm-hmm. to the wall inside the hose mm-hmm. is going to accomplish turbulent flow as well. well would you so would you find? Uh, I agree with that. And what about um, sanitization? Um, More places for things to hide. Well, no. Some your your. Um, the, he was going to put the copper wire on the outside, oh. so it's going to be in the tap water. It's in the water side? Got it. Yeah, on the water side. Right? Gotcha. Now, was 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 he talking about two copper or a copper in a garden? Uh, copper was, in a garden. So he's good, the, he was going to solder pieces of mm-hmm. copper wire to the outside of the copper tubing right. to achieve turbulent flow right. of the cooling water. Because I think if it was a copper and a copper, which I've seen as well, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe the water goes in the quarter inch side, and the water goes, and the wort goes in the the larger side. Mm-hmm. Well, Make sure you can have more. You can have more volume of water if it's on the outside, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you need the volume of water? It with with that length because he was talking like sixty foot or something. But right? then your <clears throat> if your wort's on the outside, yeah. then mm-hmm. the wort. Part of the wort's touching the inside, and the rest is touching the ambient outer shell. Right. Whereas if it's going through the inside, the wort's the only surface it touches well, is touch, cool. Touching the ambient outer shell will give you uh, environmental cooling as well. But not the air the is same, cooler. But, but would that be the same? Would, would the heat transfer be as effective as, as touching? Um, ah, but uh, you're getting the hole around the the, the the tube in the inside. The water, you're getting the water all the way around. Mm-hmm. Because again, either it's way, like a donut instead yeah, of a instead right, of a, right. a disc. But this is the reason why <laughs> whirlpool chilling works so well is because it doesn't matter how long your coil is or any of this stuff. I've heard it's that. Just, you, you just keep. It's how you it. use your coil. That's right. It's how cheap and fast. <laughs> what did I say at the beginning? How cheap and fast. Um, uh, so. Uh, but you know that's why the whirlpool chiller works so well is because it, it really doesn't matter. It's just like you're re- repeating the same thing. If it's not that, not optimally effective, well, give it two revs and it's you know it's there. Um, all right. Uh, do we have another question? Last question. Two more. Oh my God. Let's hurry through these. Three more. Yeah. Dear Pope and Rock <laughs> Candy. Uh, I am an all-grain brewer, and I use a 25-foot stainless steel immersion chiller to cool my wort post-boil. It usually takes me about 30 minutes to get to pitching temps. The thing is, I always chill while sitting over my kettle, stirring with a sanitized spoon to create agitation. 
and cool the wort faster. Because without stirring, it takes forever to cool the wort. Am I just stupid to not have a lid on my kettle and expose my vulnerable wort to bugs? Any more sanitary alternatives? Ah, oh, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> put a lid on it. Um, so the, when I started thinking about the whirlpool chiller, is uh, I, I, this very thing? It's like I didn't want to have it open to, to stir it. And if you you can put the lid on to kind of shake the chiller, and it does amazing. I mean, the chiller will burn your hand. It will become so hot. Um, but mm-hmm. if you can just pump the word around, then you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But keep it covered. Don't don't expose it when it's down in the 140 to... It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah, like John was saying earlier, the 140 to, you know, pitching temperature range is, is dangerous. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, right. Just one last comment on that 25-foot stainless chiller. Uh, he's taken 30 minutes. He can improve that by increasing his water velocity or decreasing the water temperature. And, you know, that could be a pre, pre-chilling coil to in an ice bucket to cool down that mm-hmm. water even further. So um, uh, 25, 30 minutes for a five-gallon batch is pretty long for an immersion chiller. So I think he could probably improve on that. There cool. you go. All right. Uh, I've been thinking of building a wort chiller, and the recent show with Blickman has inspired me to get it done. In the show, you had described a system of using a cheap immersion pump from Harbor Freight in an ice bath pumping uh, through an immersion chiller. Huh. Could you help me out in what pump to buy? The only pumps with the price range you mentioned were fountain pumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, were these what you had intended? There's a picture of this pump. Yeah, fountain pumps. Yeah. Uh, could you also talk a bit about making the chiller itself? I was going to use either a 25-foot or 50-foot coil of 3-8 refrigeration tubing with copper wire to stabilize it, and I was just going to hose clamp tubing for the in and out. Unsure of mm-hmm. what tubing I should use, though. Vinyl, heat-resistant, etc. Uh, like a heat-resistant silicone is... Uh Probably, that I think you know the choice. It's a little pricey, as, as Ken is indicating. Um, you know the vinyl stuff. Um, there's braided vinyl, which will which will handle the temperature and not explode on you. And once you run some hot liquid through it a few times, there's no weird off flavors that are going to come from it. But silicone is probably the the, the top. Um, braided, braided silicone is even better. Yeah, yeah. Braided silicone will handle even pressure. So. But yeah. it's expensive. The yeah, there's no. I mean, this is for an immersion chiller, so you're running cool water through the coil. The coil is immersed in the wort. Um, you don't want to drip. I had that problem one time, dripping cooling water into the wort. Mm-hmm. Um, got a, a infection that way. But um, yeah, the so the the cheap immer- the fountain pumps, immersion pumps will work because you're just pumping water. You're not trying to pump wort. If you're going to pump wort, that's when you go to the March pump, you know, the the, the uh, impeller pumps. Um, so, yeah. Um, I would I, I used vinyl for years with no issues other than occasional leakage. Um, but I do agree that uh, silicone or braided silicone would be a longer-lasting solution. Oh, John, you and your leakage. Yeah, yeah. Leakage you old, and silicone. You start, you start worrying about leakage. I recommend Depends. All right, last question. I've upgraded from a um, 25-foot... Foot? No. Feet, yes. Uh Feet by 3-8-inch immersion chiller to Uh a more beer 50-foot by half-inch with Uh recirculation arm, Uh a legimil. Okay. That old Williams Brewing wort chiller has been used five times in five years. I did my best to dry it out after each use, blah, blah, blah. Question. In summer, when groundwater temperatures are like 80 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, can I run beer through this wort chiller in a bucket of ice water to take it down below 80? Or turn this into a counterfeit chiller? Or do you think there's too much corrosion oxidation inside the tubing and I should get a new tube? How would I clean it? Do I do vinegar first? Do I just go straight to hot PBW rinse? Caustic acid, it'll be fine. Get it hot, it'll be fine. It'll at least be sanitary. Yeah, I don't think that's an issue. Don't throw it away. Use it. Utilize it. Like you're saying, either as a like a pre-chill or uh, you know some part of that. It's you know uh, 
you got a good setup with the uh, the more beer uh, uh, 50 foot and half inch big old bad boy um, yeah use it sounds good all right good show thanks everybody thanks Ken from uh, Device Brewing in Sacramento for being yeah, thanks, here Ken. Uh, buddy uh, you're very welcome thanks for having me guys uh, you know makers of uh, great beer if you're ever up in Sacramento go check them out uh, they've got one tap room now but they're going to have three in, in the Sacramento region here pretty quick so uh, I can highly recommend their beer I've been drunk there off my ass many times it's one of the reasons I can't go to Device is it becomes a problem I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> think, bracelet. I don't <laughs> think I'll make it home. I don't think I'm going to make it home alive. And Ken's like, you sure you don't want another beer? I'm like, ah, Ken, you're killing me. How's some beer to go? Ah, please. And so, yeah, no, I've, I've made it home every time, but I, I'm concerned. Definitely concerned. You concern me, my, my friend. <laughs> if you ever need a place to crash, Jamil, my parents live up there now, so... That's what I want to do is is move in with Porno Steve's parents. And, yeah, man. Uh, any, uh, I'm guessing like, they're probably our top uh, user of the the <laughs> the code Jamel J A M I L at Adam They probably there's probably like the two by four 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 eighty three phase running in the in the dryer outlet. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm sure it is. If you like shows like this, I don't know why you do, but if you do, uh, please be sure to check out our fine sponsors, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com, uh, MoreBeerPro.com, GreatFermentations.com, WhiteLabs.com, uh, AdamandEve.com, uh, GrogTag.com. Good people, because they pay for this so you don't have to. I think that that deserves at least a little bit of your browsing time in between whatever masturbatory sessions you're having. Uh, until then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everyone.